Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 39, and I'm sorry for botching and fumbling that intro, but uh, here we are. Uh, We are back and getting ready for probably the two biggest games of our entire season just yet. Uh, We play the Capitals. It'll be, if you listen to this, it'll be tonight, Thursday at 7 p.m., and then on Saturday at 3 p.m., we play the Pittsburgh Penguins, so we have a lot to kind of discuss and uh, a lot to, you know, break down here for the New York Rangers. And uh, But first, I got to ask Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm ready for Rangers hockey to be back. This, like you mentioned, these are probably two of the most important games, if not these two most important games of the season for different reasons. Um, and this, this last little break the Rangers have had here and the, the last few practice days where uh, this is probably the last considerable break they get till the end of the season i mean a couple days here and there maybe but not so much what when they played on sunday and they didn't play again till thursday so um yeah i mean that's a it's this is the last considerable practice time they'll get and we've seen throughout the season when the rangers get practice time considerable practice time it actually seems to benefit them in that area and you know they've been able to make some important steps. They've been very small and gradual steps, but it's been good. I mean, they were playing like absolute (laughs) awfully the first, you know, uh, the first uh, quarter of the season, but Igor was keeping them pretty much in game single-handedly. Then they, they get that first uh, little break there and they use it to practice. And then they kind of get a little, you know, they get a little bit better defensively and then they have, uh, they make it to the all-star break. They have another long break for that. Now you see, since they've come back, they've actually been out shooting teams. You know, it's a small, yes, granted, small sample size, but, uh, you know, again, maybe, maybe they, they've been struggling with slow starts, but at the same time, they are out shooting. They've outshot their opponents the last, I think it's the last three games, right? And then defensively, they haven't been high event games. They haven't been, the Rangers have had trouble scoring goals, but defensively, they've seemed pretty good. They're not really conceding too much like they were early on. So, yeah, they had a nice. Uh, they were working on some D zone coverage and some uh, forechecking things this week. So we'll, let's we're going to see how it bears out because down the stretch here, uh, as we've mentioned on previous podcasts, the the Metro for the most part 
And I'll just say the Eastern Conference is pretty much locked in. Those teams are just jockeying for position. Obviously, you never want to bet on that. But at the same time, you look at, you know, if the Rangers can just play 500 hockey here, I don't think much changes for them. But um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. They haven't they haven't faced Pittsburgh yet, and they haven't faced Washington since the first game of the season where they got kind of embarrassed. So uh, again, two very important games, like you said. Yeah, and it's it's funny how they kind of fall back to back here, and you know, not not consecutive days, but just game wise and schedule wise, and you know, there are to not to bring back this narrative, but you know, the whole narrative of the New York Rangers not being uh, a tier one team. I think we kind of understand that this team does have a lot of flaws, and they might not be able to compete with the uh, you know the best of the best in this league on a consistent basis in a seven game series. But on any given night, I mean, they certainly can compete and beat anyone. And, you know, I think going into these games, you just expect the New York Rangers to be competitive. I mean, let's face it, they have, um, you know, they're missing Kako. They're kind of, you know, one of those teams where they kind of need their, you know, their best players to be, you know, playing their best hockey. And, you know, Panarin has been lights out. Uh, You know, Kreider seemed to cool off a little bit. Um, you know, Lafreniere stepped it up a bit and he's going to need to. So I think there's, you know, a lot to see in, within the next couple games just to see how these players step up. And you're going to get a true test in, you know, the Washington Capitals, who, although they might be slipping in the standings and losing games they shouldn't lose, to, uh, you know, probably lose. But, you know, there they are at the, the first wild card team with 52 games played and 65 points. And the New York Rangers have 50 games played with 69 points. So um, just, you know, oh, this game is huge. It's a it's a, you know, essentially a four point swing if, uh, you know, beating them or prepared to losing. So the New York Rangers really just kind of have to be competitive, right? They, they can't get embarrassed. They can't get bullied. They can't just go come out there and, you know, fall behind three nothing right off the bat and then come back into it. like. They need to come out and play a full 60-minute game. And then I hate to say it, not to get ahead of myself, because I do kind of want to talk a little bit about the Washington game, Andy. Um, they need to do the same thing against Pittsburgh. There's no excuses. Like, if you want to be taken serious as a true contender and, you know, a true threat in the playoffs, then you're going to have to play two complete 60-minute games against, you know, two playoff teams from the East. And, you know, I, I don't know why, you know, why, you know, they're, you know, I guess their matchups against, you know, the Florida Panthers or the Toronto Maple Leafs, why those get swept under the rug, especially for me. I have Pittsburgh circled on my calendar. I have Carolina circled on my calendar and I have Washington circled on my calendar. They can beat Florida, Tampa Bay, Toronto. I want to see how they do against those, you know, those teams, because realistically, that's the team they're going to end up playing in the playoffs. And you got to be able to compete. And there's just no excuses now. And, you know, all your better players are healthy. Igor is healthy. Knock on wood. You know, and so there's just no excuse, Andy. So um, my first question I have for you, do you think that this game against Washington is going to bring about some emotions? You know, I know they kind of got embarrassed that first game of the season. I don't know if they weren't ready, but. In in that locker room, do you think this is a revenge game? Just a game that they really, you know, are going to take, you know, emotionally and 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 try to, you know, really, I don't even know the word, but like not fight back, but kind of, you know, 
again, not take seriously. I don't know the word to describe it, but do you think the Rangers are doing that? Whatever it is I'm feeling. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to be the, the person that douses the, the interesting narrative with water, but I don't, I don't necessarily think so. I think, um, if you, today, all the interviews today, they, at, you know, they were asked a few times and Gallant and, uh, Fox and I, you know, I, uh, well, I forget who else they interviewed, but they it basically, they kind of shot it down. And even if they're just doing that just to maybe not make a big deal out of it, I don't know. I think in a lot of ways they, and again, this is something else we've spoken about is that coaches are always talking about one game at a time and day to day and just not get too high, too low. But I do, when I look at some of the other teams around the league that have had really up and down seasons. I mean, maybe their play hasn't always been consistent, but you, you can't really say the New York Rangers have been nothing this season, if not pretty consistent and been pretty contained. And if they lose a game in a poor fashion, they usually come back the next game and they have a better showing whether they win or lose. But uh, yeah, I just think for if I think they for their own ego, if they want to believe they're as good, I don't think they want to believe so much that they have something to prove as much as it's that they're capable of just playing their game and winning said game. You know what I mean? I do. Obviously, we know that a lot of the things that transpired over the summer and the moves and the firings and the trades and yeah, just the the uh, roster changes. A lot of that was in direct response to. Maybe not so much the Wilson incident alone last season, but that was like the cherry on top. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. And, you know, whether it was them or the Islanders just getting pushed around by teams. And I mean, you know, I think you look at a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs right now that are a they're goaltending. Uh, they're not getting the goaltending they were getting earlier in the season. And B, you see teams are starting to ramp things up and uh, bully them around a bit. And they're. Their younger players are getting leaned on a lot more and they're making mistakes and their D has been much, uh, much more disarray on their defense now. And uh, yeah, I think the Rangers want to at least prove to themselves that they can be, be stout. I assume if they are challenged in any way, shape or form that they will defend themselves. And luckily for them, they now have, uh, you'll say what you want about maybe the moves they made this summer, but if they can, they can definitely mix it up. They're not going to back down and it's not like. They're going to have to rely on Strom and Brendan Smith to fight. Now they have plenty of tough characters to go around, you know. Uh, so, yeah, they'll definitely stand up for themselves. So, but I don't necessarily know if this is a game where they're they're looking to make an example out of the uh, excuse me out of the the Capitals as a like as a revenge. I mean, it would be a lot of fun if if you see. We do know that there is a natural rivalry between Wilson and Reeves, and they've had their battles in the past. So, and we know that uh, Tom Wilson wants no part of Ryan Reeves. So, but at the same time, I, in terms of when they're on the ice, I would, <laughs> unless he's there to beat him up, I don't want to see too much of Ryan Reeves playing hockey against Tom Wilson. You know what I mean? But I eh, absolutely we'll agree. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, I understand it to that point. Um, for me, it's more like, I mean, look where you are in the standings, right? You're in third spot in the Metro. Again, you're only, you have a four point lead, uh, you know, with the, excuse me. Yeah. You have a four point lead against uh, the Capitals in the standings and you played two less games, but this is a really huge game just for standings wise. And if you don't have, you know, uh, 
you know, if you don't have the, you know, the wherewithal to realize that, you know, losing this game is just one step closer to Capitals catching it, you really don't want to fall into the wild card spot where you have to end up playing Carolina or Florida or, or, or even Pittsburgh too. And Tampa, like you don't want that. You want to, you want to get in as a top three team. Um, and Rangers are right there to even get home ice advantage because they have two games in hand against the Pittsburgh Penguins and they're only one point behind. So, you know, the Rangers really need to win these games and, you know, you know, kind of see where they are in the standings and realize that, you know, if we falter here and, and we kind of stumble, we could be looking at a wild card spot and not not exactly a top three Metro spot. And, you know, I, I know the goal, ultimate goal was to, you know, just make the playoffs, but. At this point, with the where the Rangers are and only having 32 games left, you know, I, honestly, I expect them to be placed in the Metro and not just be a, an extra wild card team. I, you know, I, I think they should take a lot of pride in being a top three team in that division, given how difficult it is to you know make the playoffs in the East. I mean, it's it's not easy, and you know, you look at the teams, you know, right after Boston. I feel like there's a huge drop off, right? Columbus, Detroit, you know, the Islanders, I know we had a rough start to the season and, you know, they might make a, a late run, but I think it's, you know, to no avail, but, you know, or if that's even the phrase avail, it's prevail. I don't know what it is. I'm stupid, but, you know, I, you know, Andy, again, do you think it's a big deal for the Rangers to finish top three in the Metro? I mean, I, I think. I do. I think it's a reasonably like for them, for them, not not just as a fan, because obviously, no, yeah, the standard that it's the playoffs or bust, right? Obviously now, um, but you know, I I think it's important to have them placed. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah, I think it's important for them for their own pride. I also think it's important for us as fans because all you need is if they if you finish in second or third in a division, at least you have some cred. As uh, or from outside, from other other the, the rest of the league and other fan bases, where it's like you know what they finished top uh, top three in their division. Where if you you get in the wild card, it's just more fuel for the listen. They're only their Igor Shesterkin just had them limp into a wild card spot, and um, I mean that's the thing though they they've been such a competitive division this year, where it's like Carolina and the the Pens have been absolutely monstrous and on a roll and they barely lose you know what i mean so the fact that they're in third and at least have a a fighting chance to maybe it's a long shot but it is not out of the realm of possibility that they could finish first in that division or at least second um so yeah i think it's obviously it's not imperative today when asked about that adam fox and uh, gallant they're basically saying listen their goal is to make the playoffs and not to concern themselves too much more it's like uh you know, obviously you want to win every game, but at the same time, you're not looking too far ahead. You just take it every game. And what the ultimate goal is that if you do the right thing, you will end up in the playoffs, um, you know, control the things you can and don't worry too much about the things you can't. But no, I definitely think it would at least uh, for their confidence, having home ice advantage would be excellent for them. Um, and yeah, just the confidence that they can hang with these these teams, because again, like you said, there's so many reports and stories. Well, it's like, oh, they're the Rangers or Igor Shesterkin, and you know, whatever. So, I'm sure that's a narrative they would like to silence as much as possible, and that would definitely go a long way in at least proving to everyone else, and then maybe, or maybe proving to themselves that they are, you know, they are in a spot that they deserve to be in. 
I yeah, no, I I totally agree. And you know, I think I think Gallant's probably preaching that method, right? It's like listen boys we're in control of our only de- of our destiny we're not chasing really anybody in the standings if we just keep playing our game and, and keep getting points on a daily basis you know and keep that point percentage up then you know at the end of the day you know it, it is you know it is what it is and but you know if you do look at the ranger schedule right for the month of march it's a gauntlet i mean they play some really good teams you know they have to play a lot of west coast teams you know, you got the Blues in there. You got Minnesota. The Winnipeg Jets are playing decent. Um, you have the Penguins twice, which is going to be huge. You have, you know, Carolina, Tampa Bay. I mean, you know, the month of March is going to be an absolute gauntlet. And, you know, these are important games. And and to me, when you ever you face a team that's right below you in the standings or right above you in the standings, it's a statement game. And I hope the Rangers are, you know, ready to play with, you know, fire and, and put forth a full 60-minute effort because, it's that's probably what it's going to take, if not 65 minutes in the shootout. Uh, you know, that's how close these teams are. Um, Andy, to talk a little bit about the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, you know, obviously they're an elite team. You know, Sidney Crosby is just still an unbelievable player, uh, you know, and, you know, I kind of wanted to talk about the statements that we've made about this team, you know, and, and we made it about Washington, too, you know when are these teams going to be bad? Like when, when's Pittsburgh going to turn the corner and kind of stink again? I, I know Crosby is still there, but like, I almost feel like it should be, I don't know, like their time where they they're fading away. I feel like Pittsburgh is maybe the best team in the league right now. Like just the way they've been playing over the last couple months. Yeah. I mean, listen, you, it helps that when, listen, we, we always say that father time comes from, for us all, but when your baseline uh, of, of that you have three of you know of the greatest players in the in the NHL in the last twenty five years, and you know maybe Crosby is a you know I, and I, I mean, you know and I mean also when you have his hockey sense, let's say maybe he's not as explosive as a player as he once was. Well, he's committed himself to playing a full realized game, which is still excellent. You know what I mean? Chris Letang, um, the big knock on him has always been that he's been very injury prone, but he has just been a solid, you know, smart, uh, I don't know, offensive defenseman who can get the puck up to forwards really effectively. You know, Malkin, same thing. Hurt a lot, but when he's in the, when he's in the lineup, he's he's one of the best players in the world. So, and then you they have an ex, maybe the best coach in the league, uh, in Mike Sullivan, one of the best at the very least, and just who understands how to play winning hockey. And you know, say what you will, but they, despite the fact that they've kind of depleted their prospect pool, they target the right people and. They find, you know, they find the Brian Russ and the um, Jake Gensels of the world that are kind of unheralded, but and develop them the right way. And so that's where they're that's why they're at. They're at. And listen, they do have some depth issues, Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? But they get everyone to buy in and they can make some players with maybe even like guys that are starting to get longer in the tooth. They know how to get a lot out of guys that maybe don't have a lot to more to give like uh, Brian Boyle or Jeff Carter. So. And they're smart. They move on from players at the right time, you know, so. Uh, so, so, well, yeah. I, I kind of yeah. you kind of got a little bit into it, but, you know, how do the Rangers, obviously that we haven't played them yet this season, 
But, you know, how do the Rangers, like, match up against them? Like, what are they going to have to do to get a win against Pittsburgh? Because, to be honest, I feel like they're huge underdogs in this game. And, you know, I just do want to see an effort. I do want to see a fight. Uh, I, I, I just want to see the Rangers put together a full 60-minute game, realizing that it could most likely end up, you know, on the short end of the stick. But, you know, what do you want to see out of the Rangers? Like, because I feel like our only hope is to really, you know, just clog up the middle, make them dump the puck in. But our defensemen need to retrieve the puck and just get it out. Like every single time, make it tough to enter the zone. Don't give a lot of odd man rushes and don't like and, and don't allow them to have the guts of the ice. Like anything through the middle, anything across the ice. Don't I don't want to hear, you know, I, I you know, I don't want to hear Sam talking about a, a fucking weak man on the other side of the rink that they just throw the puck to when he comes down and, you know, and scores like that, that type of hockey is so frustrating when the Rangers can't get it together and they give up the, the guts of the ice. So, um, Andy, so what do you think the Rangers are going to have to do to get a win against Pittsburgh? Well, Pittsburgh is a team that gets the puck up the ice. Uh, they play a, a bit of a, it's not running gun so much, but they advance the puck up quickly and they kind of push for offense. Uh, not so much unlike Florida where, and you'll see that at times as dangerous five on five as Florida is because they push offense, they do make mistakes. The Rangers have beaten them twice this year. One game where Florida just wasn't, they were just, they were trying to do what they usually do and they still had scary moments, but they were pushing for offense a lot and they, the Rangers were able to exploit those gaps. Pittsburgh's the same way. You're going to see their D turn quick and get the puck up to their forwards. And that's scary because that means the Rangers could be on their, uh, their heels a lot, but I think for them, a strong defensive presence in the neutral zone will probably be their best friend in a game like that. And usually, they like to concede. Um, they use they like to concede teams entering their own zone. I think more than any other game they've played, they should not be doing that. They I should agree. try their best. You know, Keandre will have his work cut out for him. I mean, maybe it's time to start using that that wingspan a little bit more, or true, but st- where well, they have to stand guys up. And they were working on their forecheck a little bit in practice and, and some D zone coverage. But you know, I think, and a lot, of, and I will say a lot of that early on when you are are not confident or really super sure about what your assignments are going to be, you're going to concede a lot. But you hope a guy like Braden Schneider, who is feeling super more confident, we've seen how Keandre is looking, and he'll still have the occasional gaff, but. Yeah, they, they just at the D as a whole, I think they have to be more stout. And listen, if they get they get the puck behind you, they get the puck behind you. But just giving them a free entry, especially because you see Crosby is so good at kind of just entering with speed and making passes off the wing or, you know, not even curling out. He just is very good at finding um, ways to work his way to the middle of the ice of the slot. So I think that I think luckily they've been playing. Uh, better just they've just been better defensively I think and you know even though there's games early on where they were like they were good defensively yet they were still allowing teams to just do whatever they want and run around the perimeter and they're like just as long as we protect the house I don't think you want to do that against Pittsburgh I think you just want to try to break up their attack and their transition as much as much as possible and that's the thing that I think there will be when they try to stretch things there will there will be gaps and as long as you're playing I and Galan will say as long as you're playing uh what did David Quinn call it? Honest hockey, yeah. where you're not cheating. No, no cheat. No BS. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that type of hot. Whereas, like you said, you're just you're 
you're you're in the right spot and you're playing with smart coverage and then the chances should come and again luckily for the rangers uh when you have the best goalie in the league you always have a chance and you always at least win in that category so you know even if if they can they can win a 2-1 game this season with the way Igor's been playing especially if they get power plays and that's the other thing do not take penalties against Pittsburgh cuz i do think this is that's my this is maybe a game where their power play will be super important. And you notice the Rangers have not been getting a lot of power plays recently, but they have been converting. And that's how good their power play is. And it's pretty much, you know, the, one of the big reasons why in the last three games they have, uh, you know, they have five out of a possible six points. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Another, you know, another thing, too, if you want to get power plays, you got to keep your feet moving. You got to get the pucks in deep and you got to move your feet along the boards. That's when the clutching, the grabbing, the accidental trips they happen if you, you know if you're moving your feet and you you know are, are uh, winning foot races you know good things happen and the New York Rangers you know they tend to do that you know and, and this is like a huge part of that fourth line and why they're so successful is that you know they just work their tail off and and you know I, you say what you want about McKeg I, I I think the guy stinks and and you know Rooney is you know has been you know a decent fourth line player for us um you know, and even Reeves, you know, you see the, those guys, they keep their feet moving constantly and they always look like they're working so hard and, and, you know, they don't, they don't take shifts off, you know, they keep the feet moving, they draw penalties, um, they end up winning pucks along the boards, they win, you know, uh, races to the loose pucks and they end up, you know, throwing it on net and, and good things happen. And, you know, that's what you need against, you know, especially a team like Washington and Pittsburgh, you need those fourth lines, the uh, fourth line players to keep you know keep pushing and set a tempo and this way there's no shifts off for you know Pittsburgh you know they have to come out and be ready you know every single no matter who's out there there's not a winning matchup for Pittsburgh so um you know I think you know Kreider's got to have a big game he's got to play big and physical uh both games against Washington and Pittsburgh and you know he's got to get you know in the score column column uh, one of those two games Oops, fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking about Between the Legs 360 Windmill Good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday, as everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void were prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877 877- Eight Hope New York, or text Hope New York. My last question, though, about these two two teams, Andy, is that what do you do uh, about goaltending? Which game you start in Georgie? Which game you start in Igor? You think Igor starts both? 
Oh man, I think Igor starts both. They've had a long layoff here. Um, you know, I guess barring it being a physical game where he makes a lot of saves or something, but uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's tough to say. You obviously have to get Georgiev. You're going to need just to give Igor a rest, but I, I think he probably, I would say Igor tonight, Igor against the Penguins, Georgiev against the Canucks on Sunday. Um, and then, yeah, I guess we'll see how it shakes out from there, but that's, you know, that because then you don't have, they haven't, you have another, um, they don't play again until Wednesday. So at least you have a couple of days off. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. And March is a gauntlet. So you're going to be, able, there's going to be a lot more splits in March. March yeah. is, you know, George is going to get a lot of work. Um, where especially cause like I said, it's, they, they play St. Louis. So I could see Georgiev playing them. The devils are second to last place in the league. So I, maybe I'm excuse me, a circle will play against the blues. Maybe you're, you put Georgian against the devils. Uh, and then, you know, then it's, then it's the, the standard every other day, you know, sometimes every two days, you know, a type schedule. So then you can at least just go on by strength of team. But for this, le- this little stretch here with a couple of back-to-backs, you know, and then they have some more back-to-backs in the end of March. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. You have, they have a back to back against uh, Tampa and the hurricanes. So, uh, you know, <laughs> so that's almost like, I guess it depends on how desperate you are, but, uh, we'll, we'll see. But at least again, this team takes it kind of every one game at a time. So I'm definitely thinking with the, the layoff, you're, they're playing Shesterkin tomorrow. It's a divisional game. You know what I mean? So that'll definitely make it, uh, yeah, I think they have, it, uh, maybe just at least these next two games, it's maybe the added, uh, impetus to to try to to get him in both games especially considering that you can make up some really important ground and towards making um you know and towards getting home ice advantage in the playoffs yeah i mean i I wouldn't be surprised if igor plays both games but in my eyes you know i think georgie deserves to play one of these games i throw him against pittsburgh right that igor go against washington huge game very winnable get it done and then, you know, Georgie deserves, uh, you know, a shot at one of these teams. I truly believe that. I think he's been playing uh, really well for us this season. I think he had a rough start and he weathered the storm. Uh, he was a great, um, a great goalie when Igor went down for that week. And, you know, he stepped up and, and played very well. I think he deserves a shot against, you know, some of the league's best, especially if you're going to shop him. And, you know, this is Igor's or Georgie's chance to kind of show what he's got and kind of show not only to himself but to the rest of the league that you know you put me out in net you know I can beat anybody in this league and you know I I think if it's important if the Rangers are seriously considering shopping him you got to give him either the Washington game or the Pittsburgh game um that's just my thoughts on it uh and you know just from his uh play in general I think he deserves a shot so uh that's all I'll say about Georgie and the goaltending situation but um Andy, you know, I did want to talk about something because I feel like we wouldn't be true Ranger fans if we didn't bring this up. And uh, uh, I, I know exactly what you're saying, so I'm I'm ready whenever you are. So. Yeah, I, uh, I well, I want to get your thoughts on you know Sean Avery making his return to professional hockey, signing a contract in the East Coast League for the Orlando Solar Bears. I, you know, I obviously I saw the. Uh, to take everyone back a couple days, he he puts the the video out where he looks like he's sitting having lunch 
saying he's going to make his return. Um, actually, no, let me return. Let me fast forward even a, a month ago. There's he he posts something like, you know, went out in the ice for the first time in years, a uh, little rusty or whatever. And he shows a video of him playing just at some pickup game. And uh, man, he looked real rusty. And granted, this is, you know, this is a guy that had played considerable many years in the NHL, but he clearly had not put on skates since the like he uh, supposedly threw them into the Hudson River. So looked a little rusty, but again, who knows? It, it, maybe it's one of those things that if he just keeps at it for a little bit, he'll uh, it'll start coming back to him. But he's 41 years old. So then fast forward to a couple of days ago, he puts out the video saying he's going to make his return. and whatever you know it's sean avery so you take everything that he produces or comes out of his mouth with a grain of salt you think it's just he's just being funny or whatever or he's just for attention that's that's all well and good uh i guess the funny thing though is that you know the orlando solar bears one of their sponsors as we've seen is uh, pink whitney which is obviously owned by uh, ryan whitney and biz from spit and chicklets um, so they have a, there's a, there's a connection there with the Orlando solar bears. They definitely probably get, I assume they, uh, provide them lots of, uh, sponsorship money and what have you. Um, they just did a last month, they did a whole thing down there where they were wearing the pink Whitney jerseys or whatever. And yeah, lo and behold, I see today that, <laughs> that he, uh, Sean Avery had signed a PTO, uh, or was it a standard player contract? I forget. With the Orlando Solar Bears in the ECHL. Um, so my my initial reaction was uh, I was flabbergasted <laughs> because, you know, on the one hand, you're like, this is clearly a, uh, this is a bit. They're going to film something for Barstool just chronicling Avery's return, getting back in shape whatever but it probably ultimately won't re- result on anything he's 41 years old after all has played hockey in what 10 15, you know how many years now um 50, you know but that being said i mean yeah decade i mean this team is a tampa bay lightning affiliate and I, you know i mean so it's hard i don't i just it's it's very hard to know what to make of it if i'm being honest i'm obviously flabbergasted by it a part of me thinks it's just like a, a real big PR stunt for Avery, for himself, for Barstool, for, you know, um, for the Solar Bears, whatever, just to get, gain buzz and get eyes on the product and get people in the building, which it will definitely if you that definitely would put some asses in seats. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, it's definitely shocking. I mean, do I think. And listen, I obviously this is a guy that spent considerable time, like I said, in the NHL and there is a skill divide between the ECHL and the NHL as we know but at the same time he is 40 years old so his conditioning we don't know how it is um and yeah it's hard I would say it's hard to play even if you have NHL he still has NHL level senses the problem is most of your teammates probably do not (laughs) so in terms of little chip plays I mean you know so I don't know if he's going to go in front of the net and try to do that it's just I, I'm fascinated to watch a game. I will say that. So if that's the was the there was what the result they wanted, that I mean they got it because I am fascinated to see how this plays out. But yeah, I was just I was shocked. So I can only imagine what your reaction was, James. I again I couldn't really honestly believe it. I still kind of don't believe it. Uh, it's one of those things where 
it's the East Coast League, so it's pretty believable. Like it, it, for me, for him to go and play that level, I don't think that's that far beneath him. It, it's just a matter of him, I think, getting in shape and getting his legs back. I think skill wise, you know, mentally. I don't know how much he's probably lost. I know he's been away from the game and it's not even like he's been around the game at all. He's just, you know, we know he's an avid fan. We know that he loved his, you know, extracurricular activities, uh, whether that be fashion or, you know, just owning a, he opened up a bar in Manhattan. I'm sure that got crushed by COVID though. Uh, I know he owns an apartment building. So you know, the guy was a hustler. And, you know, the one thing I don't think he'd ever threaten, though, is his own personal brand of being Sean Avery. So whatever this is, whatever he's doing it uh, through, whether that be Barstool or just, you know, him doing it for himself, I don't think he's going to ever put his name and reputation at risk in terms of really like looking like he has an egg on his face. So I don't think it's going to be that bad. I think he'll be very cautious of how um he approaches this uh i think he won't be used as much as people think he'll be used i think he'll be more of a fourth line guy but it does draw interest i mean i know if you told me the orlando solar bears were going to be playing on espn uh you know monday night i i that's exactly what i would have my tv set to uh i would certainly love to watch that game on tv so yeah, I think it's doing exactly what I think it's intending to. I don't know if there's some other underlying, you know, promotion thing that they might be doing, especially with Barstool uh, and Spitting Chicklets. I, I, I just don't know. Um, but the more I think about it and the more I see how Avery's approached everything in his life, uh, you know, even just playing in New York was calculated, wanting to play in L.A. was, you know, it was important to him. And just after reading his book, you just see how, you know, his style of play, he knew he needed to do that in order to, uh, you know, just be relevant in the NHL. I mean, he's a very smart guy. He's, you know, he's, you know, love him or hate him. He's very calculated. So uh, I think this move is calculated too. So uh, I, and I doubt he's bankrupt and needs money that I don't, don't think is happening. So, uh, another question I had, Andy, I don't know if you saw this, but Matthew Barnaby then tweeted that if Sean Avery signs an East Coast League, you know, contract, he'd be willing to sign one as well. Now, I don't know if I think more people are more familiar with Avery, but I remember Matthew Barnaby very well. Uh, I would also tune into a Matthew Barnaby game if he was playing in the East Coast League. Oh, I mean, again, I... Is Barnaby's even older than Avery, right? He's yeah, I would imagine by like four years. I'll look it up right now. So yeah, Barnaby he's forty eight, so he's at seven years on. <laughs> so I don't think that's uh, gonna happen. I mean, but again, I didn't think we'd get here. So who knows? Maybe uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know. Listen, you, you say what you want to get, like guys like you know, Avery and Barnaby, although I will, I will concede, you know, I, I think Avery was ultimately a more effective hockey player than Matt Barnaby was, you know, I, although, I, may, I don't knows, want to interrupt maybe. you. Yeah, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm going to interrupt you, Andy. Yeah. There's a Matthew Barnaby that plays for the Fort Wayne Comets in the East Coast League. He was born in Buffalo, New York in 1998, uh, named Matthew Barnaby, kind of looks like 
the Matthew Barnaby. Oh, is, is that his man? son? Uh, let's see. I'm let's. I'm pulling up the Wikipedia page now. Uh, legal problems. <laughs> Later life. Uh, rest. Rest. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously he played all strange, those years. Strange in wife and and two children. Um, oh boy. I see a strange. I don't, you know, I don't see anything about his family, um, you know. So I, I it's po- I guess it's possible. It would be uh, pretty interesting, but um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, who knows? But uh, yeah, but like I said, I just you know, Avery was, uh, you know, I mean, obviously the antics and ultimately overshadowed that he was actually a good player. Um, at times, you know what I mean. I think what one year with the Rangers, what didn't he? He had a, he had a, at least a like a forty point season for the Rangers, didn't he? Right, Sean Avery. Uh, uh yeah, he did. Well, remember he, yeah, the one season I think he ended up getting benched. If you looked at the Rangers' points like per game with Avery in the lineup, it was like insane compared to their record without him. Yeah. So obviously, I, I just pulled up his hockey DP, DB page, and obviously the pic, the, that classic picture of him with the glasses from his team photo. Um, but yeah, he had a. Oh, it says Pims. Where we got points here? Yeah, yeah, he had a thirty-three point season. You know, he had a thirty-nine point season with the Kings in his rookie year, which is pretty. Or it wasn't a rookie year. The year his second was that third year. Technically, his second third year. So. But yeah, he had a 39-point season with the Kings. He had a 33-point uh, tw- uh, season with the Rangers. So, And that was under Rennie, who I know you know actually liked, uh, liked him. Him and Torts, it's well-documented, did not get along. And if you read Sean Avery's book, which is pretty good, uh, I, would, I actually enjoyed it. You know, again, Avery wasn't always my favorite Ranger. I, obviously, there's times where I liked his antics, and there's times where I thought he was kind of embarrassing. But the book is fascinating because most hockey books are just all the same and kind of boring. And he is anything but the same as the rest of them as the, you know, the old school hockey guys. So it was definitely interesting and he definitely doesn't pull punches and he feels the way he feels about certain people. Uh, so yeah. And he tells, he says it how he feels it. So yeah. Uh, just to confirm that is Matthew Barnaby's son. Oh, wow. So, okay. So I just, you know, something to think about. Uh, yeah. As we uh, as we approach uh, March here, is that you know Barnaby and Avery might be in the East Coast League at the same time, which would be pretty fascinating if they played each other. Um, yeah, Andy, you got anything else? I mean, I- I'm excited. New York Rangers hockey's finally back. I feel like we got through we got through February, right? Uh, we in terms of New York Rangers hockey, you know, there's a lot of hockey coming up to end the month, and then you know once we get March going, it's going to be almost every other night. So there's going to be jam packed, uh, just daily hockey. It's going to feel like, so, uh, I'm very excited. And, you know, the, once again, we get closer to the trade deadline. There's, you know, a lot of buzz there. I think, I think a couple moves will be made and then you'll see a, a sheer panic of all the teams that either think they're in or out and they'll try to make moves. I know, uh, Arizona and the Maple Leafs made a, a trade the other day and, Kind of thought Arizona got fleeced there, but it is what it is. Uh, so, Andy, I'm going to let you kind of get your final thoughts in and, and wrap things up here. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to mention this last week. And 
I know a lot. I would say primarily most of our listeners are probably around our age. It seems from and I don't have any concrete stats or statistics on this. I don't. We don't make people fill out a a resume saying how old they are, but just from interactions. But there is a good portion of of our listeners and just Rangers fans in general who are who are older than us. And I, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about it uh, last week, but. Um, Emil Francis, uh, longtime, you know, coach slash GM, you know, he would GM and coach at the times for the Rangers uh, passed Most away. Coach. Yeah. And again, it, for obviously he was before my time, but you've there are so many great um, just books and even on YouTube, there's documentaries about those Rangers teams of the 1960s. And, you know, they're constantly, you hear that they were one of the, some of the best teams to never win the Stanley cup. Um, you know, they, I, I think there was a stretch probably from 60, you know, from, from the mid sixties, maybe 1967 to like 74, 75, where they, that Rangers team was in the mix with the gag line with the, Rattel and, and Vic Hadfield and, and uh, Rod Gilbert. And, you know, they lost in the cup final in uh, seven, what, 71, 1971, the 72, 71, 72 season. Um, and yeah. And I mean, again, he, he was a, like one of the winningest coaches in Rangers history. He's a brilliant architect. He made some shrewd moves. He had, he made some difficult moves uh, at the same time. Um, you know, I think he was, he had to make the hard decision to trade Eddie Jockerman, but at the same time, he, you know, he made a lot of shrewd moves for the Rangers as well. And, uh, you know, his coaching record kind of speaks for itself and just how good those Rangers team won. They just, they could never put it together. Um, but yeah, just, he has endured as obviously a, uh, figure in the, in the, you know, the firmament of what is, uh, the New York Rangers history. And, just occasionally see him pop up when he was he was you know speaking at when they retired uh you know Vic Hadfield's number that was really that was really touching and heartwarming and even at his age he was always a great storyteller and he's this tiny guy he's animated but you know he's a former goaltender the cat he played for the Rangers um many moons ago and yeah he's just quite he was apparently quite a character and strong convictions and uh yeah to a lot of fans who are much older than us uh he was the coach that they were the most familiar with in their growing up and you know if they grew up in the in the 60s you know so or if they were watched as a kid so uh yeah i mean obviously it's a it's a tough loss and but you know it's uh yeah it's definitely he was a, a great figure in the uh, the annals of new york rangers history he will be uh, sadly and sorely missed. And uh, yeah, if you get a chance, I mean, any reading you can do on those former Rangers teams, he, he's his him, he's covered in a lot of uh, books about the history of the National Hockey League and hockey because he was a very important uh, figure. Even after he left the Rangers, he took over a St. Louis Blues team that was literally going to I think it was going to fold up shop and he was able to. um yeah, he was able to kind of write the course and help them get stabilized to get new ownership there. And now they're a, a, a thriving franchise today. And that's mostly because of him, you know, uh, 
I think he was actually when um, uh, Clarence Campbell was originally going to retire as a commissioner of the NHL. I think um, he was in the running. He didn't ultimately get it, but he was definitely being considered for it. And that just shows how well he, you know, how much he was respected and, you know, especially amongst executives. And like I said, he was, uh, yeah, he was a very important, you may, you know, and, and I, uh, you could argue even for all the great players I had, like I mentioned the gag line, you know, subsequently into the, from the 16s to the 70s. But yeah, he was definitely the, yeah, he was the glue of those teams during that time. So he'll be sorely missed. Uh, the Rangers are wearing uh, decals on the back of their helmets to uh, honor him and yeah we'll be you know r.i.p to emile francis the cat uh yeah we miss you and uh glad that you and uh you and rod can uh you know see each other again thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at broadway boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify soundcloud or the hockeypodcastnetwork.com You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.